0: As special needs parents, we face so many more challenges than the typical family. We deal with so much more grief and struggle and stress and constant caregiving. And there's just a level of worry that is very difficult to describe and explain to someone else. So today we're going to talk with Robbie Engel. He's the CEO of True Face, which is this incredible ministry that Steve and I have been aware of for a decade and a half now. And he's going to share with us a godly perspective of this long suffering that our children and we are experiencing. And he shares how to embrace a life of purpose and joy, even in the middle of the trial and the storm. It is such a comforting episode and I believe it's going to truly enrich your life and I I look forward to him sharing these amazing perspectives that you know God has made available for us to strengthen us and to encourage us as families on this road that God has chosen for us. I believe this episode is going to bless you. It's been broken into two parts, so you'll receive the first question that we talked to Robbie about today, and the second question about building community will be the next episode. After you listen to this episode, if you would like to talk more about this, go to the description and hop into our Facebook group, and let's continue talking over how we can have joy in the middle of the trials. I would absolutely love nothing more than to support you with this and to share in this journey with you. So go over to the description and please come on over and join our Facebook group. Hey mamas, welcome to Her Home and Heart podcast. Do you want balance in your home life and peace in your heart at the end of each long day? Do you want to let go of feelings of failure because you've yelled at the kids again despite promising yourself and God you'd stop? I'm Katie. I'm a homeschooling mom who also had little kids and wanted to create a thriving home environment. In this podcast, you'll find resources for holistic living, heart connection with your family, and homeschooling so that you won't wake up to regret one day. Even if you have outside-the-box learners or your own health challenges, you'll find support here. Breathe deeply, grab a coffee, and let the kids go play, because it's time for you to find peace and fulfillment that you've been longing for. Let's go! Have you been struggling to find the perfect math curriculum for your kiddo? I remember the days when we were really looking and trying everything and it just felt like nothing was ever going to work. I'm so excited to tell you about CTC Math. It's an online math program that truly has made math learning easy and fun for my family. With CTC Math, your kiddo gets to access comprehensive video lessons and the children are able to learn at their own pace. They get to master the concepts before they move on to the next one and you'll know that they have a firm foundation there. Even if your child is in basic arithmetic or whether they're maybe all the way up into the high school grades, CTC Math has something for them. It's an interactive program and your child gets instant feedback, which for my kiddos, this helped them to understand the concepts better and to build confidence in their abilities. And if needed, there are also extra printable worksheets and other quizzes and things that you can do to reinforce for extra practice. For me, as a busy mom, I really appreciated the convenience of CTC math. It meant that for my struggling learners, I didn't need to drive to tutoring centers and spend all that extra time or money, and I wasn't sitting there with stressed out with my child trying to explain these very difficult math concepts when that wasn't my natural gifting. With CTC Math, you do get to monitor your child's progress, you get to track and celebrate their achievements, and you can generate detailed reports. It's fantastic. There are thousands and thousands of very satisfied parents and students who have used CTC Math as their go-to resource, just like my family. So visit ctcmath.com today. You can actually get a free trial to see how you and your children enjoy the program as well. Welcome to the show today. I'm so thrilled to have a fantastic guest with us, Robbie Engel, who's the president and CEO of Trueface. Trueface is an organization Steve and I have been aware of for many years. Almost 15. Yep. And Robbie lives in Dawsonville, Georgia. He has a beautiful wife, Emily, and eight kids, which is amazing. <laughs> Prior to serving at True Face, Robbie served for seven years as the director of adult ministry environments and men's group for North Point Community Church in Atlanta which was founded by Andy Stanley. Um, He's worked in professional counseling and aid work for Samaritan's Purse as well, has lived overseas helping with international disaster response, and he and his wife both have master's in community counseling. Robbie, we are so glad to have you here today to share with the families that have special needs kiddos. We are very honored.
1: It is really fun to be on here, and I'm assuming everybody on this podcast is like, Saints, because you get to practice serving and selflessness more than most. So, this is like the most saintly, awesome group. I'm just going to assume you're all amazing listening to this. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my assumption coming into this, Katie.
0: Well, thank you. I would say we probably all need to hear that lots of times because I think most of us feel instead that it highlights where we are not saints. (laughs) And it (laughs) is a refining fire. And we continue trying to give lots of grace and service, don't we?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. The pressure can reveal cracks and that type of thing.
1: <laughs> yep. I I do not have a special needs kid. However, my life, my wife is a master's level counselor who specialized in child therapy. And every single one of our eight kids, except I think two, at some point in their early childhood development, she was like, they're on the spectrum. We need to like, like every single one of our kids. And so it's kind of an inside joke at our house. We don't have special needs kids, but my wife thinks every single one of our kids is on the spectrum. And she's a master's level therapist. And I'm like, no, Emily, they're not. They're just crazy and disrespectful and out of control. And they're four. That doesn't mean they're special needs. But I, so I can't relate other than with eight kids in eight years, I have no time, no money, no energy. And so I think with my friends that have special needs kids, we, it is it is a small collective group that I'm not a part of, but I feel like I'm adopted into this club with eight kids because I, you know, have no life, no energy, mo- no money. Like I'm assuming most people on this podcast, because uh, the kid, the 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 margin that our kids take in our lives, which is beautiful and difficult and wonderful.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely quite a rich experience.
2: Yeah, I'd say you identify pretty well
1: that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thanks. Uh,
0: so tell us really quickly, like, why are you so passionate about what you do?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of Christians are stuck. They come, you know, get to this point. We've done the Christian thing. We know plenty about God. We've been going to church for 10, 20 years. And we go, is this really all there is to it? We we read the New Testament and read about peace and freedom and experiencing and hearing from God and the Holy Spirit and the actual relationship. That's not ex- that's experiential and not just like relationship like we're supposed to say. And so Christians are stuck and we And I I think transformation, what he's made possible for us to experience in his love on this side of eternity and this side of heaven is so much more real and awesome. And what we're longing for as Christians and we don't know how to find. And so True Face is a 28 year old ministry that helps stuck Christians journey the 18 inches from their head to their heart to experience the things like peace and freedom that we read about in the New Testament but a lot of us struggle to experience. And uh, that is what we long for, what we yearn for, and that's transformation. Uh, And that happens experientially and relationally with God and others, not from knowledge and learning more. Truth informs, but trusted truth transforms. And it's the transformation that we long for that He made possible. And trusting truth is applying what we know about God in the context of relationships. And that's hard. We don't know how to We don't know how to apply truth in relationship with him and with others to experience these things. And so we build grace-based relational discipleship resources, small group curriculum, one-on-one conversational journeys, a nine-month framework for a group discipleship for all of us to, to create pockets of grace, relationships, authentic community to experience these truths, which is such a catalytic part of discipleship because you can't have discipleship without the word relational in there. Uh, It's always relational as Jesus modeled. So that's a long-winded answer why we develop all kinds of tools to serve the capital C church, to help them experience deeper relationships with God and others. That's a lot, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. And it's so very applicable to all of the families, um, our family and all the families that we know, because, you know, we as a community with special needs kids can struggle with a lot of that same stuff. And, um, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about just kind of this identity idea that we as families with special needs kids can struggle with too. And, you know, how we relate with what we think of God, what God thinks of us, what God thinks of our children, how, you know, others even view us Mm. can be really challenging. And so, yeah, I think-
2: so so there are a lot of, of folks who who we know and, and I'm sure everyone knows because every parent who's ever given birth to a kid was like, what do we do now? And the joke is there's no instruction manual and that's even more so for the child who now has special needs, who's, who's got some difficulties. And and so there's a lot of folks who, who think that uh, they don't know what to do. There are a lot of folks who In a sense, feel like they're being punished for some reason. There's uh, a lot of folks who are kind of at their wits' end Mm -hmm. over how to do this. And I'm sure you've seen similar things in other areas of ministry. I know you did a lot of relief efforts earlier on in your career and that type of thing where tragedy has struck. And while this is not the same, I wonder if, if maybe there's anything that you could speak to that would help the listener who says, Well, I'm a special needs parent. Why has this happened to me? what does this say about how God sees me? That type of thing. Is is there anything that you can pull from, from that, that would encourage folks?
1: Yeah, that is a core theological question. That's center central for all of us, whether our, why our parents died when they did, why our children die, why I'm born this way, why I have this limitation, why this happened to me, why I got fired. And underpinning that are some foundational questions and theology just means how we think of God and identity means how we think of ourselves, And these are at the core of all of us and the core of our spiritual maturity for spiritual formation, discipleship, these fancy words of becoming more like Christ, that there's nothing more central to how we see God and how we see ourselves. So a couple questions that this pokes at is, is he a good God who knows what's best for me? Therefore, can I trust him with my life? Is he a good and loving father who knows what's best for me? And therefore I can trust him with my life. Those three statements capture a lot of our theology in there. And that the that's captured in the questions like why God and this and that and can, is He good and can I trust Him? Is He a good, loving Father who knows what's best for me, so I can trust Him with my life? At different points of our life, I, I, I do a group every year, this nine-month discipleship group called the True Face Journey, and we ask those questions, and I ask everybody to write down on a scale of zero to a hundred where they're at with each of those three questions. 50 is like a cognitive belief. Like, yes, I believe that in my head that he's a good and loving God. Do I know that he knows what's best for me? That's a 50. A hundred means my emotions, my beliefs follow that belief entirely. A hundred. I've never been at a hundred at any of those three statements that he's a good and loving God who knows what's best for me and I can trust him with my life. Uh, But where I'm at in each of sometimes it's an 80 or a 60 or a 90. And each of those they can change. And I think the question you're asking is, you know, okay, I've got this special needs kid, which has affected my marriage, which has derailed the plans that I had. Obviously, uh, I don't know that might trigger in me that he's not a good and loving father to let that happen for all kinds of reasons, or obviously he does not know what's best for me because this is not my, like what's best for me. Uh, and therefore, I don't know if I can trust him. Confession is not telling God, hey, I sinned and did this yesterday. Confession, I like to see as confession as truth telling to God. It is a beautiful thing for you to confess the truth of your belief that you do not think he made a good decision that you don't think he has what's best for you, that you don't think this and that. And repentance is letting him respond and ask him, tell him what, confess to him your beliefs on those statements, which uh, are real, especially with families of special needs. Hey, this is how I think about this. This is what I wonder, God. Uh, And he would And repentance is changing your mind by replacing those maybe lies with potential truth that he can do. And that is healthy relationship. That's what we should do with our spouses. If I feel jaded by Emily or frustrated or treated unfair that she's not good and loving, that she doesn't know what's best for me and and therefore I'm not trusting her, she's going to pick that up in our relationship. It's going to affect our relationship. Now, health looks like me, Telling her this is how I feel, and if she responds in a healthy way, that that bridges and and redeems and reconciles broken relationship um, and hurt, and we get to practice that every day with a God that is patient and loving and waiting for us to bring those things to Him. And my hope would be for anybody listening today to take a step, do that, confess to Him. A belief, a struggle, a frustration, he knows them. He knows you feel that way. Tell him. And that that is a that is a such an awesome, relational, courageous, humble step to confess to him that if he's a good, loving God, if he knows what's best for you, and therefore if you can trust him with your life. That's that's a thought to take complex theology that Jesus taught about. And the Pharisees said, why is he blind? You were steeped in sin at birth. You know, like he healed your vision and like it's all connected to this and that. And Jesus is like, no, like pros, cons, this is the mystical dynamic of my wonderful work of reconciling what is broken and how he uses kids, this or that. Uh, I was talking to a friend today about the blessing He has five kids and one has severe allergies. They haven't been away alone, really intense stuff. They can't leave the house and it's changed his life. And the richness of the gift of practicing selflessness, which is at the core of humility, which is the chief virtue against the chief sin of pride, which is about me, the gift of that like routine blessing reminder of sacrificial others focused there's no greater gift in as a catalyst for the maturing process and in the middle of it it sucks and it's terrible and it's hard but it's uh you know it's it's the maturing process to try to see the way God sees and go God how do you see this what are you doing and trust in him with that
2: so problem that That many of us face being a special needs parent is that there's no time scale for you to look at and say, "I'm a quarter of the way through this journey or halfway or something like that, and so it's hard, and it seemingly has no end in some cases, it has no good end, right, and so you're left to wonder, well. This be our situation for eight more months, 20 more years, our entire lives. Do you see any or have any experience with the folks who who look at that scale for those three questions and maybe how long does it take for them to to reconcile those or to feel like, I've I've repented of these things. I've said to God that this is hard, but I trust you. I, I, any offer anything to offer there about how long that it takes for the people that you see and, and that group and, and the experience that you've had?
1: No, but it triggers a couple thoughts. What you're articulating is frustration and disappointment and grieving because of the longevity of stuff. And that, you know, happiness contentment is found in the gap, the Delta between expectations and reality. So what you're talking about, Steve, is there's a reality that you might be parenting and in a sacrificial serving mindset till the day you die. And the expectation is a lot of societally induced expectations that you should be able to check out and rest and golf. So we're disappointed and frustrated, partly because of preconceived societal expectations that are just in our cultural Western affluent, you know, mentality. So I, I the first thing I think about is in anything that is chronic or never-ending, the only option we have is to evaluate and confess, you know, truth tell about our expectations and then ask God if that is right expectations. You're not going to change, you know, if real if happiness is the delta between reality and expectations, guess which one you're going to have a better shot changing? Probably the expectations piece. So That would be an encouragement, which is a daily practice, uh, because tomorrow, you know, like humility is a daily practice to me, because every day I want to wake up controlling and not trusting God, but being in control of doing more for him, sinning less my own faith. And every day anew, I get to remind myself of with grace what he did for me of like, oh, there's nothing I can do any more or less to change how much he loves me. And and health looks like receiving what he did, not earning it, which I want to wake up every day and do. And so some of these gifts are that I'm never going to get grace and wake up with zero desire to control as an eight Enneagram high driver, all my pride issues. But the gift of that is every day I get his grace anew to show up with his light yoke and peace and freedom as i I trust him again every day. And so we have to do that with our expectations and reality every day anew. And the second thing I'm thinking about just because I'm doing a podcast on it tomorrow uh, and my spiritual director was wearing me out about this yesterday was about my uh, perception of time. He said, we think he's, he's a 70 year old, saint of a man. And he said, well, you haven't thought deeply. And I'm processing my midlife issues with him and ambition and how to plan for tomorrow. And he said, tomorrow's not real. I mean, you need to think more deeply about your construct of time, which is made up because the only, you know, the future tomorrow is not real. All we have is the present. And you can have a a historically informed present that is wisdom, but future is typically wasteful. Thinking, like Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, I'll take care of it. And so, all of this unnecessary frustration, expectation about the potential of grieving what I, my plans for tomorrow, all that's fake, anyways. It's not real. All we have is present, which means present is the only reality. And do I trust him with tomorrow and that and what is best for me? And that's the light yoke of trusting Jesus, which is. Hard and not passive, but so good and what we're longing for uh, when it comes to those those deeply desiring aspects of contentment and peace and freedom, the things that Jesus said he came for.
0: The only other person I've ever heard say about just this moment, just focus on this moment is my mom. Mm. And I've always, always clung to that piece of advice because of how little control we have over, you know, we've done everything to help our son, everything. And yet we continue to watch him struggle. And as a parent that does bring you so much grief and so much exhaustion, you're trying everything, you know? And so that is one really amazing piece of wisdom that he shared with you. (laughs) And I'm really glad you reminded me of it today.
1: He, he was calling me out, like even I'm so futuristic and focused. And so that doesn't typically, Those of us who live in the past, it correlates to depression. Those who live in the future, it correlates to anxiety. But to me, it looks like weight of responsibility and stewardship. And am I doing enough uh, more so than anxiety because I'm a strategic visionary thinker? So I see the potential of tomorrow and I want to steward that and how that's affecting my relationships, my presence, my contentment is that I'm living in the potential of tomorrow and therefore when I'm present with my wife my kids my coworkers I'm thinking about the potential of accomplishment and the potential of re- the stewardship and responsibility which are all have to do with tomorrow and therefore I in- I I instrumentalize or I the relational aspect it's for the sake of an outcome and I miss the connection the love of just being present with my wife and my kids and each other and and that's a principle that's been in the way of my relational connection and intimacy with god and with others that i want to do a better job at and i'm wrestling with currently and so and and his frame of like it's literally the only thing that's real is the present like it, it this construct of time is made up like even the future there's no future it is present and there is future with eternity, but that's a beyond the construct of time, even of this linear progression, which uh, he he started nerding out about. The Jews came up with the construct of linear time because Greeks and Romans had circular time. They, they They had no concept of history until the Jews. It was just repeated patterns. And then I think it was Luke or John reframe time. The only thing of importance in history was what happened on the cross with Jesus and how our calendar reflects that, which reshapes clarity in history through the Old Testament, seeing now the fulfillment and shapes our current, which is in eternity, you know, but that's beyond the concept. So all we have is present and the gift of that in relationships and practicing love Jesus said, this is love. Discipleship is evidenced by the way you love one another, right? John 13, 35. This is it. Love God, love others. This is how people know that you're my disciples, by the way you love one another. Oh, by the way, what does love look like? It looks like washing each other's feet and serving each other. And so what a gift our kids and our spouses are of the most frequent opportunity to trust God in humility to love other people the way he has served us and loved us every ounce of the day you guys are the luckiest group I've talked to all day and you might not even know it is what I'm trying to say
0: it's an awesome perspective (laughs) yeah I appreciate Uh,
2: it that's strong it's powerful yeah
0: it's really great Have you ever had a day where you feel like your kids have had so much screen time, you just are guilty? You feel like a bad parent and you just aren't sure what you're going to do because you've got to manage the household. You have to manage the baby. You have so many other responsibilities and you're homeschooling, but the kids need you. They're tugging at you and you just have that deep sensation of Wow, I need something to help me with my kids, to keep them busy, I can't afford a babysitter or there aren't any available right now, but I need help. Well, I'm so delighted to tell you that there is an amazing solution out there for you that my family has personally used and enjoyed. There is a company called Tony's. They have a, really it's an educational tool, disguised as a toy, and a screen-free toy at that, that it will bring to your children and to your family the opportunity to have engaging stories, delightful songs, music. The children can even practice their own storytelling skills because this is an audio system created for children. My children have loved it. They have had to debate who was going to take the Tony's box or keep the Tony's box here when some of them have traveled and the others remained home. (laughs) We always find them listening to it quietly before bed. They have truly enjoyed it. And interestingly, it's been both the younger to the older children. It has not been limited by age. So if you are looking for a good screen-free solution for your children to keep them engaged during those quiet rest hours during the day, or to help them fall asleep feeling like they aren't alone at night, have some quality educational material that feels like play, we really recommend that you check out the Tony's box. We believe it will enhance your family's educational experience, that it will bring you the wonder of stories and music, and it's going to make it an enjoyable journey, very much a Charlotte Mason lifestyle kind of educational tool. It will absolutely enrich your child's education, and it's gonna create some lasting memories for your family together. I have added the link in the description so that you can go and check out Tony's website. And don't forget, these are perfect for birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, and everything in between. I hope the first half of this episode blessed you as much as it blessed Steve and I to talk to Robbie about it. The second half of this episode we're going to discuss building community as a special needs family. I'm sure you've you've already experienced that it can be very difficult to find community that truly understands. It can be difficult to find community that supports the decisions that we make and that just loves us and our children unconditionally. And so Robbie's going to shed some light on that because he is an expert um, True Face specifically has a specialty in helping build small groups that last the test of time. And as special needs families, we need to build our own small groups. And so we're going to talk about that with him in the next episode. And in the meantime, if you'd like to join a group that's been pre-made for you, specifically for Christian homeschooling special needs families, Steve and I already launched the Greater Honor Membership. The doors aren't open yet, but they will be opening soon for a very small amount of time. So there's a link in the description. I put it there so that you can go hop onto the wait list and you can be the first to know when those doors get ready to open again. We need the support just like you need the support. And so we decided to create a community of beautiful families where we can pray for each other, pray with each other, We can bring experts to teach all of us the things that we need to know, gather resources and share them with one another, and just be there to be friends, to be a community that doesn't have to journey alone. So head into the description. It's herhomeandheart.net slash TGH. Click that button, get onto the wait list. And um, next time, like I said, Robbie will be back to teach us a bit about creating community for our specific special needs family. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.